Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 6.45, quarter till 7. Tommy Tucker, Friday morning, feeling good. Big Mardi Gras weekend ahead. Weather, for the most part, cooperative up until Sunday. And then the timing is suspect on when the rain could come in, how heavy it could be. Could there be lightning and wind, and would it affect Bacchus? It would be in the afternoon primarily. High temperatures, 78 today, 76 tomorrow. The rain and the worry on Sunday, highs of 76. Monday, Lundy Gras starts off chilly, highs of 60, and then gets colder. Temperature drops throughout the day, leading to leading to a sunny and cool Mardi Gras with highs of 58. Vance Ginn joins us now, Chief Economist at the Pelican Institute. Good morning, Vance. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm great. So... You guys have released support on how Louisiana can make a responsible and sustainable budget. And before we start, this is I just want you to explain, if you will, there are fiscal sessions, there are non-fiscal sessions, but even whether it is or isn't, they still need to produce a budget for the next year. Well, that's exactly right, Tommy. I mean, they've got to come up with a budget uh, every year in order to fund government um, but they can't do tax reform or any sort of tax changes, in, but every other year. And so this year is a spending year, a budget year. Um, next year will be the year for any sort of tax changes. So what do you guys come up with in, in terms of uh, a responsible and sustainable budget, some recommendations that you have? One thing that we've looked at um, in, in other states, other countries, and um, just – the evidence and theories that are out there is what's called a fiscal rule, a spending limit. You know, you have a you have a governor in your car of how fast that you can go um, to make sure that you don't go too high of speeds. That's the same thing we should have on state government. All, each dollar that the state spends comes out of taxpayers' pockets. And so there's got to be some sort of connection between what the taxpayers can afford and what the government can spend. And so what we came out with is the responsible Louisiana budget that limits the growth rate of state funds, um, which is about $22 billion, to no more than the, than the rate of population growth plus inflation, which is a good measure of the average taxpayer's ability to pay for government spending. And whenever you increase it by population plus inflation – the, the threshold, the maximum amount that we're saying that they can spend out of state funds is $23.7 billion during um, this year. So it's not saying to cut the budget or anything like that. It's like, look, we just need to get it back on a steady path um, to make sure that more money is in taxpayers', taxpayers hands. At some point, you got to decide what goes first, right? Because yep. you, you can either say, well, we got this much coming in. How are we going to spend it? Or you can say, 
let's see what we have to do and then how much we have to collect to fund that. And I guess that brings us to zero-based budgets? Yes. Yeah, the zero-based budgeting uh, is kind of the, the golden rule, if you will, of how to go after a budget. But basically, you start from scratch each area of the budget and say, okay, what is, which one of these areas are effective? What do we need to spend money on? What are the constitutional roles of government? And then when you do that, you can start adding in the different areas of the budget to get to your total amount. One thing that we were happy to see from Governor Landry is a start of this to say many of the agencies um, to actually start looking at cuts to their budgets – uh, reductions to make sure that the total budget doesn't grow um, too fast. And so with our responsible Louisiana budget, the population growth plus inflation over the last three years, we use a three-year average to kind of you know smooth out those annual fluctuations, and it was 4.85%. Now, that's a maximum. doesn't mean necessarily we want them to grow the government by 4.85%, but that is what this, this rate is. Um, and, and even you know, listening to the budget committee yesterday and Governor Landry presented his budget, um, there's, there's, a, there's some concern about revenue for the forecast, spending growth in the forecast, and even some possible what they're calling you know, deficits, which I think if they pass responsible budgets and we allow for more economic growth, um, they, can allow, they, they don't have to have deficits in the future. So there, there is a good opportunity here to really rein in government spending. And the way that works at the department level is we're not going to presume anything. You get, you get nothing from this point. Tell me what you need and why, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's what we should do with our own family's budget, right? I think <laughs> you so. You go in and you say, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, need, I need this. I need, I need shelter. Uh, I'm going to probably need gas. I'm probably going to need some food. Um, you kind of go through the different areas and see what you're going to need, and, and that's really conservative-type budgeting, responsible budgeting. Well, you know, I, I, we think that the, the, the state, the government, since it's not their money, they should be even more conservative, more responsible with those dollars. Uh, and so looking at every area of the budget should be done as often as possible. We, we do realize that that could be a costly endeavor. It takes a lot of time and administrative costs and things of that nature. Um, but if you're getting the process of doing this every session, um, and, 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 and each one of the agencies are doing it as well, it becomes commonplace. You just keep doing it, <laughs> just like the family's budget. And, and I think we would see much better results with, throughout, the, throughout government if, if zero-based budgeting, responsible-based budgeting, those are the types of things that Louisiana would, would do every year. And then after you do award the agency the money, then you go back and you check, you audit to see if they're yeah. doing what they're supposed to be doing, if the money's being used effectively, what's working, what's not, correct? That's exactly right, Tommy. I mean, um, you know, these audits, the state auditor's office does a great job of looking at a lot of these different areas of the budget and has been doing this even more here recently. Uh, there, was some, there was audits done on the temporary assistance to needy families, the TANF program, which sends out cash, uh, cash to low-income people. And, and so that they found some changes that need to be made and, and improvements. So more of the money goes to the actual people that are, that are recipients instead of other places or waste, fraud, and abuse. Um, also, they did one on SNAP, which is a food step program. So if we could start doing this throughout government, you would see a lot more um, efficiencies and, and ultimately less spending, um, where, or at least spending where the money needs to go. And that way we can have more money in people's pockets. Because at the end of the day, you know, Tommy, we're also looking at ways to improve Louisiana's economy. Um, you know, me, la last me, year, yeah, go ahead. take a break, Vince, Vance, because we got to look at traffic. Let me take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about dedicated funds, okay, which is mm -hmm. recommendation number 3652, talking about ways to improve the budgeting process in Louisiana. Traffic now, WWL.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 6.57, three minutes left with Vance Ginn, chief economist at the Pelican Institute. They've released a report on how Louisiana can make a responsible and sustainable budget. We've talked about zero-based budgets, which is, you know, you don't get 85 million because you got 85 million last year. We're going to start with zero. Now prove to me what it is that you need and tell me why and what you could do with it. Then you conduct audits to see if they're doing what they said they were going to do and if the programs are working. That being said, Vance, when we talk about dedicated funds, this is huge, but I don't see politically how this ever goes away. Well, you're right, Tommy. And, um, you know, when you're looking at dedicated funds, there, it's, it's a massive amount of the overall budget. Um, and, and when you start breaking that down even more, you could see where, where it's going. And so I was looking at this um, this morning, actually, and, and what, you, what you find is that just on the dedicated funds, um, you know, you're looking at things that are going to public education. You're looking at going to public safety. Um, education has about 52% of the use of non-discretionary state general funds, which means this isn't discretionary. It's dedicated. It's, it's, it's going directly to these particular areas of the budget. Automatically um, allotted, right? Yes. Automatically yes, that's allotted. right. Go ahead. Yep, yep, automatically. And so 26% is human resources. We have public safety is 11% and things of that nature. And if you take the entire budget, right, and this is just the general fund, which is about $12 billion, um, you're looking at 29% is what they call discretionary. So about 30% of the budget is what they have the most control over. 71%, about 70%, right, is non-discretionary. And that's where things that are already allotted to specific areas of the budget. Um, and this is where you can kind of get in some, some trouble because, you know, you get legislators saying, look, we only have about a third of the budget that we even have control over. Um, and, and, and that's true when you look at all these dedicated accounts. And so this, it's even more important that they start from zero on those, as you were just mentioning, with zero-based budgeting. And let's make sure that those dollars are spent wisely so that way we don't excessively grow government in the process and not have effective programs to go along with it. It makes every bit of sense, Vance. Good luck with that because I don't see it happening politically. Do you? Do you see any political will for that to happen? Well, I don't know. There's a new there's a new sheriff in town, if you will, right? And so there's yeah. some things that are going on differently. So I'm hopeful that this this could be the case. But this is the way to do it. If they this is what other states have done, and it's a good path forward. Well, the rubber's meeting the road. Let's see what happens. Thank you, Vance Ginn, chief economist at Pelican Institute. Mike Detelier next, talking Super Bowl on WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.